lovelies it's time for the first episode of in it to win it a place where we talk about everything that inspires us to be the best version of ourselves that we can be today not tomorrow not yesterday today a conversation where we talk about the things the people and the places that we are most passionate about and what it means to truly be us through the highs and the lows it's time to win the day let's get to it Today's guest is world-changing author and future podcaster, Kevin Ray. I met Kevin through Auburn University's student radio station, and our friendship grew when we attended the same young professional small group. To know Kevin is to know someone who loves people with everything he's got and who wants to create change everywhere he goes. He describes himself as both ratchet and righteous, and I cannot wait for you guys to get to know him. Kevin Ray, Kevin Ray, how are things going? Yes, it is well. How about you? Oh, it's well, as well as it can be during a pandemic that feels endless. (laughs) (laughs) We're at a standstill right now. People are living their best lives, even in the midst of a pandemic. It's true. You kind of have to find a way to do that or else it'll wear you out. Right. I've reached both points, so. (laughs) Some days it's like, I don't know. Me too. I'm glad to have you. It's been, I mean, one, I haven't seen you in a long time, but I keep up with you as much as I can online. So, I mean, you're a man of many jobs, I feel like. So what are you up to these days? (laughs) I am running uh, full (laughs) speed. I mean, I'm launching a second book right now um, called Honoring Your Lane. Subtitled there is Less Traffic There. Just helping people own their lane of purpose in life um, and not look to the left or to the right, but walk in confidence, full speed ahead. Um, and then I'm also launching a podcast. Um, my target dates for this is my birthday, September 21st. Okay. But um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I just want to do it right, you know, but uh, stop pretending is what I'm going to call that one. And that's basically built on the premises that we all come into this world with biases, viewpoints and opinions, and we shouldn't apologize for them you know, unless it's just harmful towards humanity, but encouraging all of us, whether we're on the right, the left side of the issue, or just simply don't care. I'm just welcoming, every, I'm welcoming everybody to the middle. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> the middle is where most people aren't willing to meet. So I can, right. that'll be, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, that's kind of part of, part of the mission here too, is I just, people aren't willing to really share and talk about what, their best days look like and what their worst days look like and just be honest Mm. about it because tough conversations people don't want to have them but they're necessary if you want to take a step forward so the whole running with your book and the stop pretending I think you're gonna change the game which you already do I hope so (laughs) you you do already I mean honestly but um I wanted to go ahead and talk about something you know a couple weeks ago now I've lost all concept of time in 2020 but um a couple weeks ago, I sat out and I was like, I'm going to go to the pool and I'm going to read Kevin's book because I had, um, I've, I've had it honestly for during, I got it during the pandemic and I was like, today's the day I'm going to sit down and I'm telling you, I went through that entire thing in that one pool sitting. Um, and I 
was, I'm sure people that were coming by the pool were like, what is she doing? Because there were parts where I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yep. Yeah. That is truth. And I mean, okay. no one was out there but me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, people probably thought I was a little crazy. But I mean, in 2019, which feels like way longer ago now, mm, um, you yeah. did publish your first book uh, called A Love That Transforms, Leaving People Better Off Than You Found Them. And there is so much truth and honesty in this book. But what first made you want to put it all on paper? Casey, first of all, I want to just thank you for your support. And I'm just deeply grateful for you taking the time out to read my work. Um, that book will always be my first love. Um, it was never on my radar. And, and to hear you say that you finished it in one setting, that was my goal. Because our generation, we have so much pulling on us these days. I mean, notifications, email, uh, social media. I mean, all these different voices that's going on in our heads right now. So I just wanted to make a book that was full of content to the point and that people can just get it and say, hey, I got that. And I finished the book. Are you, can you imagine, imagine how many people have uh, not finished a book <laughs> ever? You know, you, I, I, I've done that. I've started books before and just have never finished them. So, um, you know, but I remember when I was at Verizon at the time where I worked, I was just distraught and uh, brokenhearted over the dating scene. I was pursuing a girl at that time um, and I was ready to play. You know, I was ready to, I was ready to game in, uh, run full head to the altar with her, but she was not ready. And um, I'm talking in the fact that she settled so much with asking me, hey, did I want sex? Or, you know, like, get up my face, you know, if I just, if you just want sex, they just say that. And I'm like, no, like, you think I'm doing all this for sex? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so that really broke my heart. And I was just mm -hmm. talking to the Lord on my way to, to the work that day. And I'm just like, cancel the whole thing, God. Like, come back, Jesus, already. Like, I'm tired of it. I'll, I'll just hang it up and wait for you to come on. But we were slow that day at Verizon, and kid you not, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, write a book. After perusing social media so much, I was seeing so many people dealing with anger, anger, hurt, rejection, just a lot of relationship issues. It was everywhere. I'm to my Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, and then I just started to repeat to myself, write a book. And I said, hmm, write a book. And I'm just starting talking myself into it. And... <laughs> And kids and I, the rest is history. I started writing in the, in the notes section of my phone um, at night, that night. Um, and you could find myself at a wings place. I could be um, restaurants, whatever. I mean, I'm writing. And I begin, and, and I, I, this, the thing about talking yourself into your dream, the word, words are powerful. And it begins to get in your psyche. And then you start talking to other people about it. I started talking to my mom, my aunties. I look, this thing here is getting momentum and getting traction. I really feel like I'm called to write this book. And they was like, well, go ahead on. We're going to pray for you. And so I was doing it. Um, and that was how, that's how it, that's how I met the paper. Um, it was always things I've always told any guy or woman that I've ever encountered whenever they talk to me about relationships. Um, and so I, I was like, wow, you know, what would this look like having this, other people to um, view in real time on their on their iPad or phone or you know whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you say so much that 
I think people think it, but they're not willing to say it. Mm. And I mean, even talking about those conversations where she thought you had these expectations and you were so far left, it goes back to so much of how important communication is. And I think that talking about social media as much, and I mean, me being a social media professional, that's what I do um, full time. At the same time, I see what division it has created, both obviously in the political realm of the world, but also relationally. So just hearing that you were willing to be like, hello, people quit getting distracted by all this stuff and really focus on what is important is honestly something that I think will make a difference in so many people's lives. Because I, I will say I had kind of, when I moved out here, had kind of gotten to the point where like, I'm just over, over all of this. I'm going to move out here, (laughs) have a whole new journey. And, and I was kind of the same way, like, Lord, if you want to come back, I'm cool with it. I'm here and I'm ready. Um, Because I'd honestly just so much confusion is in relationships these days. And I was like, I'm just done with that. And um, here we are on a podcast and talking about it. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But just being willing to put those words out there and honestly talking about your family and the things they tell you speak so much to the people that support you on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, they're my first ministry. Um, I try to run everything by them. Um, I try to love them first. And, they, and I just believe they prepare me for the world um, in doing that. So I'm, I'm grateful for them. I will say when I was sitting out um, by the pool reading the book, I had my Kindle out and I was um, highlighting quote after quote after quote, which I'm a big lover of words. You talked about the power of words. And so I, in my office at work, in my apartment, I have words everywhere, Um, whether it's a Bible verse or some quote, just they matter. And I, several, so I won't go through all of them because I had a a very lengthy list of quotes. Um, but a few of them we can talk about that so many of them stood out, but I'd love to hear you talk more about them now, because while the book came out in 2019, I know it was something that you worked on prior to that. So a few years later, talk about what you meant when you said a love with no conditions and no agenda other than to build up truly is rewarding for both parties. Sure. Um, When there's an agenda attached, it isn't love anymore. Here we're talking about motives. I had this conversation with a friend last night talking about how it stuck with him in a previous conversation we had a year prior where I told him, you can date, but just don't take anything from the women. Because especially in the early dating stages, you owe no one anything. So if I do anything and for it to be received with no agenda, no agenda should be there. Like, um, it just, it just speaks back. It calls us back to genuineness. Just, um, I want to solely see this, see this person win. I want to, I want to solely see this person, uh, better off than I found them. Not worse. I don't want to, come in and make a situation worse or hear the things that she's went through and 
repeat the same cycle. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that, that sucks, you know, like I want to be able to, I want to be able to leave an impression um, just with no agenda. I hope that makes sense. No, it totally does. I mean, I think the biggest thing is getting past, and again, here I'm talking about social media. That's not the topic of my show, I promise, but. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> it, but, it dominates our life. <laughs> but I think that, you know, there's that whole, everybody looks at Instagram and sees the perfect view of everyone's lives. So then in right. a way, these agendas are created in our own heads, whether we realize it or not. Mm. Um, so we get the idea that, well, this is how this person is treated. So this is how I should be treated or whatever, rather than valuing each other's uniqueness. And so, yeah. I mean, I guess, and this could be somewhat of a hard question, but um, do you have any specific thing of what a relationship with no agenda, like a specific example of what that would look like? Sure. Um, now, your time is valuable. Please hear me when I say that. Um, but I believe that God puts you in people's lives for a reason. And I tell people in the book, every woman, a man that comes across your path does not have to be a, an attraction or, or romantic attraction. Sometimes if we value the time with them, they're here to teach us and prepare us for the one that is called to us. Does that make sense? Um, oh, yeah. it's, it's things that I can learn from somebody. It's, some, it's things I can learn from you. It's things I can learn. I've learned from women in my past. I've never had relations with, never had any romantic interest in, but they've prepared me in ways that if I would have never, if I would have just, and I, I mean, I hate this when guys totally go in for the kill. Like they want, they want to be romantic. They want to get kisses. They want to, I'm not wasting my time, you know? And, <laughs> It's like, no, like if it's a genuine chemistry there, a genuine vibe that that person means you well, um, that's that, that's what I've done over the years. I've mentored people. Um, I've resourced people. Uh, they've resourced me. They've mentored me in different areas of life. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I just, and I think God honors it, you know, when we steward people well, when we, um, show up in love for people and no no crazy agenda attached that i'm just gonna walk through life with you for this season and you know so yeah well so to flip that mm -hmm. um i will speak from some experience and i've probably been guilty of it as well but what is your advice to someone if and when they recognize that the other person in their life has an agenda? Mm, if they realize that they have an agenda, um, I would say, what is it first? Address it. Because communication is everything. I think people just need to be addressed and called out on whatever, whatever, they're, whatever they're thinking, you know? Yeah. And then if they, you know, if they, if they give you the energy that, hey, they want to get, they want to get better, they held accountable, they, they apologize, um, or they, or they stop talking to you, whatever it is, you know, take that as a win, <laughs> right? Don't go chasing people that we know are not good for us, or we know 
they had an agenda when they came to us and they told us what it is. Believe, you know, our, pro, our, our job is not to change them. Our job is to believe them. Oh, you know? <laughs> that is the best. That is a word. Not to yeah. change them, but to believe them. I will say um, that's really hard. And I think it's, mm. it's one of those things that I think it's hard for both women and men, but I think women, at least from my conversations with friends, like it's really hard because it's one of those things, especially for a lot of my friends who maybe I go to church with, or I know them through having the same faith and beliefs that they do that mm -hmm. sometimes there's just that you might meet a, a quote unquote bad boy, or you might meet a guy who seems good, but then something happens and it's just like, automatically we kind of get that idea that not necessarily I want to change him, but I'm here for a reason and I am here to make a difference in his life. But at the same time, that is not what we are there for. And yeah. um, it's just so hard sometimes to separate that. And so I think to that line of believing them and not changing them means a lot, I think. But at the same time, I think there's that you don't necessarily erase someone but you do need to separate yourself from them right um can i tell you something yeah i was i was inspired by td jakes on this he talked about three different types of people that come into your life and they associate themselves as comrades constituency and confidants he said if you have three confidants you're doing very well confidants are people that are into you they're into you up or down like these people are your ride or dies. These people, um, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they are just all about you. They're your number one fan. And then you have a constituencies, constituents where basically they look like they look like confidants, but they're into the mission. They're into they're with it. They're not with you. Mm -hmm. They're basically, um, and, and if the mission aborts, they're out. So it's good to find out what their agenda is. Good to find out um, yeah. how long this is going to go. And then he talks about the comrades. The comrades are people who are united by pain. They're not for you or against you. They're against what you're against. Hmm. So if you have a shared pain of uh, you don't like your mom or you don't like your dad, something, you know, something real interesting, like, like, I hate this job. I hate the politics or whatever it is going on. You share, you share that anger. You just got to know why we're here. <laughs> it's not somebody you got to partner with. It's just somebody that, Hey, you might need to ally with against that one issue. And then let's move on. I hope that helped add value to the situation, to the, to the, to the, to the conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it does. I mean, I think sometimes it's hard to, it's not hard to separate those. I think we just don't, realize it that there are differences like that i think mm -hmm. sometimes we just get the idea that we're all here and we're all here to be helpful <laughs> to each other and we're all here Love to it. be friends and um i mean it's like the whole thing like i have i can i tell like my mom makes fun of me all the time but i can be friends with anybody i mean yeah i could talk to a wall really and me too yeah but at the same time i do have a probably maybe handful of people who I would consider like ride or die. Right. Um, I have a lot of friends, but like those 
best friends, those people who I would call on for anything. Um, and it just, being able to separate that, I told somebody one day that I was like, oh, I only have five friends. And they were like, what? And I was like, no, 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 I don't mean it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to separate that and to acknowledge that. And I think that's something that everybody wants to have all these people in their lives without ever narrowing it down and finding those true meaningful relationships. And so, man, that's a whole other soapbox, but I I will say um, something that you do, you've written a book, you're writing another book, you're starting a podcast, but something that you do daily sometimes multiple times a day is post these phrases on Facebook that inspire and motivate people every single day. And I've even had, cause I share them a lot and I know you know that, but um, I mean, I don't like, I don't think you've ever met my mom. I don't, <laughs> but she, uh, no. she, she like knows who you are just because <laughs> I share your stuff. And she's like, Oh, that's that guy. And I was like, yeah, he shares these quotes and he's an author and I'm in, like, I know him from Auburn. And, um, so like my mom's a huge fan of you and she's never met you. Well, I said hello, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just to speak to the level of the reach that you have. And a couple of the examples that I brought on here were some of the recent ones that I've found. I mean, I could go back on Facebook and find a million that I've shared, but, um, two of the ones that I've saved are, less time waiting for someone to give you life, more time building your life. And then the next was you are a magnet, but not everything drawn to you is good for you. And one, it, go, it just speaks so much to being able to split and recognize when things are wrong or when things are, when someone has an agenda and also to recognize the importance of taking care of yourself. But I'm curious as to how you've seen all of these quotes you share um, really change or allow you to use Facebook as a platform to create change. Yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking about that quote um, about basically less time waiting for someone to give you life, but more time building your life. I was recently met, because I've noticed about myself when I'm dating, when I'm excited about a girl, I get really, really excited. Like I'm ready to take her out on a date. I'm ready to, and and the Holy Spirit kind of checked me in that was about how I was getting away from my assignments. Mm. You know, it's like, and, and my, my cousin put it this way. He says, I don't want you to stop doing what you're doing when I show up. Because really a relationship is supposed to complement whatever you're doing if you got something going on, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and it just helped me so much because that's what we do uh, with excitement. We, excitement will take us away from our goals, what we were focused on, what we were doing, if we were doing anything, if we're not doing anything, I mean, because God's gonna hold us accountable for the work that we do. Right. So, you know, um, and so yeah, less time thinking about her giving me life and I want to be around her all the time or I want to go, I want to go here and there and more times building my life because that's what keeps me attractive is when I'm focused on my mission. No one wants someone stagnant doormat, you know, people want, they got to find you interesting, you know, like if I got all this time on my hand throughout the whole day to text you 
and 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 watch your social media or watch your story <laughs> or watch your Instagram. They're gonna be like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, are you doing anything today? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and I hope I made sense with that quote. Yeah, um, it does, absolutely. Yeah. And then the um uh, what was the other one? The you are a magnet, but not everything drawn to you is good for you. Absolutely. All of us um, come in gifted, um, especially if you're a believer. You're the light. God already tells you that. And you carry an anointing. You carry um, a, a joy that the world doesn't have. And so that's going to attract people, um, especially from the dark. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna, they're, they're going to look and they're going to see you. And so, you know, everybody deserves ministry, but not, but not everybody deserves me. Can I say that again? Everybody deserves ministry, but not everybody deserves me. And um, we have to be careful with that, that um, if people see what you got going on, they see, you know, we need to be praying, asking God, hey, give us, give me discernment, help, give me vision. You know, you know, because I can go crazy, Lord, on this. I can go. <laughs> I can think this person's for me and they 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 got a whole nother agenda towards me that I'm not even for. So um so yeah, you are a magnet. Yes. That's there's so many quotes out of this. Like you just speak like so much life. And I've always known that, but the world now knows that. <laughs> um and I, I mentioned to you before we got on here, I wanted to bring up one of your Facebook posts um, that you made literally 20 minutes, I think, before we got on. Yes, um, that's right. Because it's one that part of it is very actually close to my heart and my family specifically, but mm-hmm. um, you num- you list out these things and it goes, men cry, yeah. men struggle, men find it hard to talk, men find it hard to share men have mental health issues men have eating disorders men have anxiety men die by suicide it's not unmanly to struggle men should not suffer in silence and even going back to the quote about making time for building your own life um i think your words speak so much to everyone, but especially in this situation, men on building up their life, but talk about the message that is really deep behind this list of 10 things. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my first topics on my podcast is going to be about gender roles and how society has basically socialized us to think that men shouldn't cry. Men should not appear vulnerable. Um, uh, men should be a man, a man, a few words is what me, people, a lot of older men definitely identify with as, um, you know, mental health issues. What's that? Like suck it up, you know, cry, yeah. go, suck it up, go to work and act like nothing happened. Um, so, you know, I want to always be vulnerable, you know, to show you know, and, I, and I've, I've learned even in my own experience, it's not coming from me in the talk. Um, thank God I've, I was raised up around mostly women. Um, I had a brother, of course, had uncles, but um, women did teach me how to talk mm-hmm. um, and teach me to be okay with expressing myself. 
and I encourage men there. If you if you if you're low on conversation, of course Google how to conversate because Google's got everything. But <laughs> yeah. you know, hang around the sisters and see how to talk, how to engage issues. Um, not just be limited to sports, not just be limited to um, politics or what's going on in the world current events wise. Like we need to talk about what the eternal battles we got going on. Um, traumas, things, triggers, things that we have went through, things that we've overcome, um, things that we struggle with. Um, I, I, I just think, I think men have this ego, especially in America. And what we got to know is our weapon is humility. Mm. Like God shows himself strong in our humility. Um, and then we can, we also encourage other men to be even more transparent when we take the mask off. Oh my God, you do struggle. Oh my God, you don't have the Superman cape anymore. It's wild to me. And I mean, when you look at history and you look at things um, that, but it's wild to me that that's the, that men are kind of raised, whether it's by society or by family members to just be so hard and so stoic and to have the outlet to have conversations about things means so much to people. And I guess really you encouraging them, it makes such a huge difference. And I was looking at that post again and just seeing the hashtag break the silence. It just blows my mind. I mean, I, I watched, I've met so many people and so many guys who, whether it was family members or friends who have struggled with so many of these things and have been too afraid to talk about it. But at the same time, I guess the question obviously don't think like a man you know you talk about talking to the women in your life but what would it take for a guide or what would you say to encourage a guy to have a conversation like this with a man in his life um you have to find a man that you admire Hmm. um you see and when you admire them you see consistency in their life um i often see men that reach out to me they reach out to me based off just the consistency in my life Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of your questions was about how you, how have you seen people's lives changed? And this year, which is crazy during COVID, um, one of my friends who we became distant, he was actually going through a breakup with one of his, uh, with, with his girlfriend and he's contemplating suicide. Um, but I was in no position to answer the call at that night. But one of my buddies called me and told me, hey, he's really challenged right now. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was grateful that I had another shot. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Man, just talk about convenience. And that's a whole nother, whole nother story there. <laughs> but um, I prayed for him and definitely reached out to him. And um, he ended up getting saved after, after, you know, pouring out his heart of what he was, what he was dealing with, delusionment, his heartbreaking. Um, and so, but I would have never, I would have never got that if he didn't see the consistency in my life. If he didn't see um, that I'm not out here clubbing or partying or acting crazy or, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've done that before. I've had a season of that in my life, but, you know, he just sees that I've grown, you know, and um, he trusts me and um, I, I just value that. So, um, so, yeah, you have to look for that. In a man and you know they are you, I mean they're guys that just 
care of themselves in peace, you know? Um, yeah. Um, and you never hear any bad about them or hear them gossiping about someone, um, you know, hear their names in mess or anything like that. Like you, you know, I would just, I mean, every mentor I've had in, in male, I went to them and that was humility out of me. I had to say what I needed, <laughs> be honest with myself, look myself in the mirror, hey, what I need. My father didn't grow up, you know, I didn't grow up with a father, but, um, you know, I knew that was something I needed. And so I reached out to Neil, I reached out to Larry, I said, hey, I need some help. <laughs> I want to be able to, uh, I remember one time we were having lunch, uh, me and Neil, first first lunch, I had my bank statement out before him. He was so surprised at how transparent I was. I said, look, I'm broke. <laughs> and I need you to help me with my finances. I, you, you're doing good. So, and, and, and lo and behold, he gave me a plan for my life. So, you know. One of those things, for men and women, those relationships of those people who um, you admire, who you look up to, who are consistent. The hard part about having conversations with those people is sometimes that you go in, you know them so well that you know they're going to tell you what you don't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. But at the same time, being vulnerable, vulnerable enough, like you said, having the humility to go to them and do that and it just speaks so much to the human heart. Um, yeah. You need people in your life that's not impressed with you. Yeah. That can tell you the truth and ask you, ask you the hard questions. Um, because they can see, they can see beyond the surface. <laughs> they know when you're off. They know when you're pretending. They know. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm just grateful for those guys. I really am. I will say, I know you are quite the reader. And as far as, um, mental health issues, relationships. I wanted to go ahead and give you an opportunity to shout out any books that you would recommend to specifically to men who are going through these struggles. And then relationship-wise, it can be for, for both men and women. Um, definitely Relationship Goals by Mike Todd is a good one. Uh, Emotional Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels. Um, also, if you follow... Uh, see Brittany Moses she has a good podcast Dr. Tama has a good podcast as well um so yeah those are those are ones I, I I typically have visited in the past I'm really excited about this next question because I'm sure okay. you're not shocked um <laughs> a little a little dose of in it to win it is always going to involve a little bit of sports um this one is kind of sports related but at the same time, still about relationships. But it's something that I actually will admit I struggle with because I am a quote unquote strong, independent woman. Yes. Who works really hard and who has all of these dreams for myself. But a phrase you use in your book that you said is you are against women doing is shooting their shot. And I want to know more about why you feel that women should not shoot their shot. Well, Casey, I have evolved a little. Okay. You're the first one to hear it here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are ways a woman can shoot their shot without actually shooting their shot. <laughs> Although I'm pro me and leading in this pursuit, and I still am, I'm open to women shooting their shot by maybe liking a few posts and a picture 
And when I and I say a few, a few, <laughs> please don't be creepy <laughs> and liking all these. I've had those. You're going deep into my pictures. <laughs> I'm like, stop, stop it. Stop the notifications. Um, so, you know, don't be weird, but maybe putting a bug, maybe also putting a bug in his friend's ear to look her way. Um, see if he gives off any interest. Um, but if he doesn't give off any real tangible effort, I would still tell the ladies to chill and just pay attention to how he leads this. Um, because that's, you know, it's, it's nothing. When a woman shoots their shot and approaches a man full on, I mean, we have debates now, even in our community about uh, women proposing these days. Mm. Do y'all have, do y'all have that? Do y'all have a debate? Um, really had that debate now I will say like when I've seen it on because it's in like tv shows and movies a lot now and I'm like I mean I kind of feel some type of way about it I'm not gonna lie (laughs) but I haven't actually like talked it out but I think to me while I I will say I've been one to and honestly it's probably been with an Instagram like here or there but I would I don't think that I like that's a whole other shot like that's a one end of the court to the other end shot of proposing to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fa- like I don't. I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I'll have somebody like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you," but um, it's interesting. What is yeah. your take on it? I just I think it's dangerous um, mm-hmm. because you know men should be asking her. Well, okay, men should be. Men should basically be saying what he, asking her what asking her about what she's joining him on mm. as far as the mission. And she should be asking why I said yes. So it just I don't know. I mean, situations are different these days because some women are making more money and, and are good and and um and if it's mutual, I mean, but I just still <laughs> feel like <laughs> I feel like you don't hold the man accountable to nothing because all he's saying you asked for this. <laughs> you're the one. Um, you're the one pushed this, and I didn't. And so he don't have no responsibility for it. I, men, men tend to take care of what they are responsible for. Does that make sense? Oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. We when we when we take it on. When I say, and, and you know, I think about it, I, I think about the example of shopping. Right. Mm-hmm. When I go shopping. I'm going there to get maybe one thing. You may talk me into some shoes, but ultimately in my mind, I've set up in my mind, I'm going to get one thing. And I've been in, I've been in a men's warehouse. I've actually been a wardrobe consultant and men do that. They come for one thing and their wife come behind them the next two days and say, he forgot his shirt. He forgot this, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> but women, when y'all go to shop, I mean, y'all are in there. Like y'all are, you know, they could talk y'all in different sales and, and I just think when a man knows what he wants, he's going for it. Mm. He's going for it. Man, I needed to hear that. Whether anybody else needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation with my parents um, recently and uh, my dad was just like, you always, I don't care what it is. You always have to, like the guy has to lead. Guy has to make the effort. If he's not making an effort, he's not worth your time. And I was like, okay, dad, like he was very, 
aggressive and passionate about it. He wasn't being mean, but I think that is something um, I'm very appreciative that my dad feels that way. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of one of those hard things also within the world we live in. Um, yeah. Holding, holding men accountable for those things as well. And I mean, I'm, I'm with the whole, if they, it's very clear if a guy doesn't like you, that's one thing as you, as you get older, um, both for a guy and a girl, as far as relationships, like you just know if somebody's not that into you versus Mm -hmm. younger days of, well, maybe one day he'll like, it'll be better. You know, one day, one day turns into some days and then a year goes by. And so man, I heard, I had a friend tell me to liken it to tennis. Um, she's, if she's hitting the ball, you hitting the ball, keep hitting the ball. If she stops or he, if he stops, you need to stop or you need to evaluate what are we doing here? Um, yeah. So. I don't want to get in the conversation of, about the topic of too much of media, but this kind of relates to it. But in your book, you write, we will be known for our opinions, but remembered by our love. And I feel like right now, I mean, as social media has progressed, as television has progressed, all of those things, um, we live in a time where opinions are flying at us from every angle. Um, It feels like to me, because the leading thing for me, because of my faith, is that love should lead in everything that I do. But as we have all of these negative things coming at us, that it is very clear to me that love is what's missing in our world. But I want to know from that quote, what it is about love that you make, that you think it transcends opinions? Such a good question, Casey. Um, We as believers should have it easy, really. But sometimes we're poor examples of this as well. No lie. Mm -hmm. Um, We should be the most confident people in any room because at the end of the day, we win. I mean, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? (laughs) Like, Jesus is coming back. We believe these things. Um, not a political party. Like, um, right. So I would balance that with acceptance and being upfront with your beliefs and opinions. I don't expect anyone to apologize for how they were raised, perspectives that were passed down, unless it's ideologies that are just harmful to humanity. However, what I do expect is less normalized changing our opinion when presented with new factual information. Right. Also, I balance that with you. I balance that with you. The person is more important to me than winning the argument. Mm -hmm. Every time in scripture, when Jesus had a choice between the law and people, he leaned towards the sheep, towards the people. Mm -hmm. And that's my, that's, that's my take on life. I just, I, I don't care that you listen to Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. I don't care that you listen to Rush Limbaugh. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's have respect for dialogue. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let, let's not judge each other's experiences. Um, let's not be so egotistical because there's things in my community that I can accept responsibility for, right? Like, I know we're not perfect, <laughs> um, but and there's things that systematically we can talk about mm-hmm. that, that America has in place for our people. But, um, but, but at the end of the day, I care about you as a person that I'm not going to counsel you. I'm not going to um, just say I'm done with you. I'm, you know, I mean, that's just immaturity to me. I mean, you miss the, you miss the richness of your life when you limit mm-hmm. yourself to just people that look like you or, mm. um, you know, it just, man, it's just so much we can learn from each other. We're just in it. 
my pastor always talks about just being being better together. Like we are just better together when we can. I mean, I've learned a lot, you know, from white culture. You know, I can't mm-hmm. say I can't say I haven't. Um, and they've learned a lot from me, you know. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 saddened by the just just the state of our our world right now. It's 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 weird. <laughs> Whew, I'm trying not to get all all of okay. my feelings. Um, <laughs> That's what everything's well, for. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, I just once I, if I start crying, it's hard for me to stop. So, I got you, I got you. Um, on a, well, it's hard to even have a lighter note now. But um, <laughs> every day comes with the roller coaster that is life, and I, I would say especially now. Um. But to me, I always try to fit in something that touches my soul, Um, Mm. whether that's listening to my favorite song, going to karaoke is also, I haven't done it here because I don't have very many friends yet, but um, Mm. reading a few chapters of a book, watching a new show, or maybe indulging in a cookie or ice cream or whatever it may be. Um, But what is it that you are doing in the last few months, these days, this week, that is your daily win to just really fill your soul up? This was probably my favorite question um, <laughs> because all I see in this question is gratefulness. Um, my daily win is when somebody's life was impacted in a positive way that may encourage them to take steps, no matter how small, towards God. May even rethink it. May even, hmm, I never thought of it that way. You know, I never perceived God to be this life-giving or authentic or real or um and then i thought i think about was i generous today um did i pray for someone today was i able to make someone laugh um you know my cousins say often we we, we should just laugh more <laughs> like we don't mm-hmm. we we make room for it. we gotta make room for it and um you know that's my win like if someone told me they were blessed by my work or my book or whatever i did you know um or even I'm at work, and um, I remember an older, older white lady. She said, uh, "She said your, your smile encouraged me." <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's 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 little things for me um, that just says, "Yeah, keep going." <laughs> this is not on, on these questions, but because um, even when you answered that question, you are so much about giving to others, um, and so and that is what we're called to do. But at the same time, what is it that someone could do for you that would make your day? Anything. Mm, that's so, that's so interesting. Um, I think spend time with me. Mm. Like someone like my buddy Derek calls me. Um, he, my, I got a birthday coming up later on this, this month, September 21st. And, um, he said, you know, I want to have lunch with you. I got I got to mm-hmm. take you out, man. <laughs> and just the fact that he thought about me, you know. Um, and, you know, givers, we have to really um, discipline ourselves to receive. Because givers, we give, but we don't, we're not good receivers either. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm changing that in, about myself is uh, receiving love, receiving mm-hmm. even the girl, even girl I'm dating right now, um, she said she's want to take she want to take me out for my birthday. So 
um, which is totally different for me because usually a day, my day on birthdays are just a day of reflection for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy. So I just love reading people's posts and messages and calling and I'm okay. You know, I'm just, but uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's probably what someone can do for me. It's just spending time with me. I, I'm with you on the giving and not good at receiving. Um, mm-hmm. Man, there, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> that would talk about seeing the value of yourself, though, um, and realizing that just as much as other people deserve to be given to, so yeah. do you. You get that in return. Um, I Last question, and I am excited about this one as well, because – as you know, from being at Weagle with me yes. to now, sports run through my veins. Absolutely. And even if you didn't know me before that, you could probably tell by my social media. But I just wanted to give you a chance to tell the world what team or teams can you not live without and why? Teams I can't live without right now, I would say the Lakers. Um, really sad year for us with Kobe's death kicking us off. Mm-hmm. Um, but even LeBron just carrying us through COVID, um, his leadership being remarkable, just very fun team, young team to watch. Um, and I'm confident, I'm confident that we're going to come out with a ring. Uh, I think we're playing the Rockets right now. So, um, I think we played them tonight, I believe. Uh, so I'm going to look in, I'm going to look at it. And, um, I mean, that's, I, I was just like, God, I'm sorry. Um, I love the Patriots. I love, uh, <laughs> I love Auburn. Um, so, yeah, those are my teams to watch out for. No, that's perfect. I mean, I think um, – I well, as far as basketball, I'm a Bulls fan, which is always unfortunate because they haven't made it to the playoffs and I don't know how long. Um, but the Lakers, I mean, the well, one that the Lakers fan base has – gone through so much but to see the see the legacies that come out of people who are Mm -hmm. on the Lakers and not to say that people on other teams are not creating change but that purple and gold I mean I was losing Kobe I remember being I was probably in third grade at this point but playing NBA on my PlayStation and I always, I always played with the Lakers because when I was in elementary school, this is a fun fact, but you'll probably be like, no, there's no way. But when I was in elementary school, I played, well, I played basketball growing up, but in elementary school, I was the tallest girl on our team for a while. Um, and then everybody outgrew me in high school. But um, back then, I, when I, my nickname at the time became Shaq. Wow. Which is hysterical. That's he's, interesting. He's a whole two feet taller yeah. than me. But back then I was the tall person. And um, so, but anytime I played NBA, I always played with the Lakers. And I remember always having, like, I would pass it to Kobe constantly. Like, yeah. he was the only person who ever had points on my team. And that was when he was still wearing number eight. And then um, just seeing the legacy he created in sports, but then in the world, and for LeBron to carry that on on a on another level, I think is just change like literally changing the world one day at a time with and with Definitely. with no filter. But right. I mean that in a great way. Um, mm-hmm. Just with passion and 
a purpose. And I think that's something that honestly, from every perspective that we've talked about today, whether that's in relationships or when you're talking to someone who has a different opinion than you do, you have to approach it with a passion and a purpose. And without that, what are you doing it for? Yeah. Um, mm. And so Kevin, I just want to thank you for joining me. Um, Can I just thank you? I'm just so proud of you. Um, ever since I've known you, you've always just been down to earth, um, willing to learn different perspectives, willing to step out your comfort zone. Um, a server. I mean, you you show up big time at at Auburn at church and your community, and so I'm just celebrating you. I'm, I'm wishing you so much success on this podcast and praying for it. Thank you. That that's so kind. And as I, I'm sure when I go back to this, I'm gonna like boohoo. <laughs> I'm fight. I'm fighting it. I mean, I. It's honestly so much of that is as you know, because of God, but I also just have had some incredible people in my life who taught me what it was like to just love people yeah. without, with just completely and unconditionally. And, um, I will say that several of those people in my lifetime have, um, have passed away. And so I think, but I take their legacy that they gave me and think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, one is a calling from the Lord, but two, he put those people, he gave me these examples yeah. for a reason. And so I appreciate you saying those things. Um, yeah. It means the world. And I do want, because we talked about your Facebook and we talked about your impact online. Um, if you want, I wanted to give you the opportunity to share where people can follow you. So feel free. Oh, thank you. Uh, Kevin Ray, um, Kevin Ray, rare man, IG. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are about the main ones I'm doing right now. Thank you so much again. And, um, I, I'll, I expect to have you on again. People yes. need to be ready to listen to that podcast, hopefully later this month. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Casey. Love you. Have a good one. Don't you guys love Kevin? He's truly the best. I cannot wait to have more conversations with the many world changers in my life and beyond. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of In It To Win It. Our music on In It To Win It is produced by Mach 5 Productions, and we are so thankful for them. Get out there, find your win for the day, and let's connect back together soon. And always remember, be kind and love big.